you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hey, hey, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. It's Oliver here, and it's great that you can be here today. When you are in a highly competitive environment, just like retail is, it's absolutely essential that you look outside of your own business from time to time. It helps keep your finger on the pulse. It helps to give you ideas, and it will help to highlight weaknesses and potential threats coming from outside your organization. Now, in the world of shopping, a great way of doing this is, of course, a store visit. And that's what I'm diving into today with two special guests. So today we are joined by David Gore and Jake Knowles from BJSS. And David and Jake are here today to talk to us about store visits. They've been doing store visits in New York in particular, looking at some of the big name retailers out there, as well as some of the smaller name retailers out there. So David Gore is the head of retail at BJSS, and he's got experience both on the side of retail and as a consultant. He's worked at Aldi, Alshire, Capgemini, and now, of course, BJSS. Meanwhile, Jake Knowles is a retail business consultant You may also know Jake from the BJSS podcast as well. And if you've not heard that, check it out. It's fun and insightful. David and Jake have been doing store visits in New York. And that's what we're going to be diving into today. They've compiled all of their findings into a really decent report. It's called Concrete Comparisons. And you can pick up your free copy at bjss.com slash stores. I'm going to put the link to that report on the show notes page at obandco.uk slash 27. And that will include, as I say, the link to the report and other information all about today's episode. So without further ado, let's get straight into this conversation with David and Jake. This is the first of a two-part interview. So today on the Retail Transformation Show, we're joined by two great retail consultants from BJSS, David Gore and Jake Knowles. Gents, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. Thanks, Alvin and Oliver. Looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks very much. Now, we're going to dive into one of the hottest topics in retail right at the moment. But just before we get there, it's not going to surprise anyone that retail's having a tough time at the moment. It's not the proclaimed apocalypse, but we are seeing a significant shift in the marketplace right now. And it can seem confusing from outside. We've got traditional retailers struggling with physical stores, with the costs, technology, business rates and long leases. But then at the same time, we're seeing more new retailers coming onto the scene. And we're seeing online pure play retailers expanding into physical stores. And that's something that we recently explored on the show together with uh, Jennifer Fruhoff in episode 19 and 20. So if you've not listened to those, go and check them out. But David and Jake, I want to ask, why do you think physical stores still matter? 
Yeah, I think it's a great question. And you kind of pay tribute to it a little bit there around the change we're seeing. But the numbers speak for themselves. So uh, at the end of last year in the UK, we saw the online retail sales make up 18% of the market. So that's a huge growth uh, up about 15% last year. But 18% of 100 is still you know, not the full majority that we're looking for and not the real numbers that retailers are chasing. So, the, you know, store sales making up over 80% mean that's still really the playing ground for retailers. So that's where we really want to focus. And we still think that that's the real, the forefront of the strength of retail. And we're just going to see that landscape change a lot in the next few years. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. Where the death of stores has been greatly exaggerated. For me, there are two kind of real key trends that are coming out of it. So you've seen that a lot of digitally native vertical brands, which is a bit of a mouthful, <laughs> are actually moving online into offline. And that's a trend that we very much kind of predict that is going to continue and strengthen. Um, it's apparent that e-commerce for a lot of retailers is, is unprofitable and that truly scaling pure plays is, uh, is exceptionally difficult. So bricks and mortar are going to be a key part of, uh, of people's strategy moving forward. And then I think the other aspect of it, which is really interesting and something that we're, we're discussing internally as a team, is much more around what the future of bricks and mortar will actually look like. Um, so we're of the opinion that there will be fewer stores, but those that remain are going to be substantially better. Uh, and that with a, a number of smaller portfolios or a reduced store estate, we're going to see that actually uh, bricks and mortar accelerating and repositioning itself um, to be much more competitive and to meet consumer needs moving forward over the next uh, three to five years as well. Good. So I'm, I'm glad that there's still that very healthy future for physical stores. I, I personally believe they've got a real part to play both in the retail industry, but also getting a bit bit fluffy here, but in, in the wider community as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's general trends within retail. So co-op are a good example of it, where they want to be the heart of the community. It's definitely a case that moving forward with the, the great attraction around kind of ethical or sustainable practices uh, and the more kind of altruistic aspects of retailing now, that'll gain traction as well. Completely agree. Super. You've recently been out to New York and you've got this excellent report, the Concrete Comparisons Report, which looks at some of the hottest stores across across New York City. I think it's an excellent piece of benchmarking. I'd always recommend anyone to be doing benchmarking just to keep their finger on the pulse. Why do you think benchmarking is so important right now? For us, it's all around the, the visibility and the key learnings of it. So retailers are absolutely fantastic at getting the, uh, the head down and cracking on and uh, dealing with the latest fire, what we're not necessarily fantastic around is actually head up surveying what's going on around the the market itself against not just core competitors, but different segments within the industry uh, and actually getting a view of what's appropriate, what's relevant, and how they can actually take those learnings and move forward as well. So I think benchmarking is a real core tool that allows them to do that and actually objectively assess against any number of criteria that they're looking for and really understand where it is that they play and sit within that maturity curve. Uh, I think from a professional perspective as a consultant, it's also a fantastic accelerator around our own knowledge and learning. Um, so there are other benchmarking tools out there by other consultancies. There's a huge amount of relevant insight, knowledge, um, that we can take from that and actually encompass into our own thinking and actually help to develop and enhance what we propose to our clients uh, and our own understanding around the kind of headwinds and trends within the industry as well. Great. Outline your visit to New York, if you don't mind. What, what did you do? 
how did you decide which stores to to look at and tell tell me all about it yeah absolutely we've heard a lot about new york and, and i think compared to london they're the real two hotspots of of retail innovation and you know pop-up concept stores so the opportunity was too good to be missed to really get out there and uh, and see what see what was really on offer so we covered uh, 31 stores in in just over a day so some serious miles were, were covered across new york yeah <laughs> your feet must have been aching right <laughs> It, it was, but we ate enough bagels to kind of balance the calories out. So I think we made sure we pushed ourselves to... Uh... Oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, we, so we had an initial view when we came. And then uh, obviously at NRF, one of the hot topics was, of course, stores. So we heard some really good examples of, of what was kind of new and innovative. So we wanted to see that as well. But um, kind of being consultants and maybe being a little bit cynical, we really wanted to see for ourselves. You know, I, I think sometimes with, with a lot of these promotions and adverts for these stores sometimes the innovation is 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 taken really at face value and i think we wanted to get into the the real nitty-gritty and see how that innovation and that tech fit into that overall store experience and and how it fits into that retailer's brand as well so that's why we really tried to get to get into each store spend some time in there um and and really give our honest opinion and analysis about how that store fits together and and really brings that brand perception on to, to customers in new york that, that's great. And I really liked the honesty of the report and also the depth, which I'm going to come back to in just a second. But it's it's something that you don't often see. I think of, often, you know, particularly on social, you see a lot of store visit pictures where it's it's almost the perfect store and very, very, very positive. But what I liked was looking critically at the stores, looking at how they worked. And you set out three categories and you did a scoring model to really critique each store looking at each store rather than just taking some nice photos and they are very nice photos in the report as well by the way <laughs> but uh you know you did do this scoring so tell me more about it tell me about the categories tell me about how you decided on that scoring mechanism before you before you touch down in new york yeah sure uh, i think it's probably good to give a bit of context there as well so who we work for are a business that are very pragmatic and value-led uh, and one of our core core values is around integrity and honesty. So this is the the key kind of focus that we have within the report is that we don't want to move away from from what our company do, and therefore we need to give a very objective but transparent and honest view of um, of what we saw. Uh, and I think we have done that and done that really well, actually, which is a, a great thing. With regards to the, the kind of the scoring of it, we. <laughs> We decided to narrow it. So there's always a case with benchmarking that you can kind of attempt to do too many things and um, be a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, so we narrowed it purposely around what we felt were the three core hot topics and the real things that consumers are looking for in this day and age. So that was brand, digital and experience. And from that perspective, we felt that we could cover every aspect of a typical consumer's journey, ranging from kind of product discovery, um, and uh, knowledge through to innovation and tech through to actually format, design, look, feel, aesthetic. Uh, and it's through that that we actually were able to really shop the stores and give ourselves a, a structure in which to work off, but allow us to have the flexibility and freedom to really investigate, discover the store and be curious about it, whilst giving us a, an objective framework to work off. So from a brand perspective, we looked at the ability to surprise and delight so whether the experience was truly differentiated, whether it would create a, an authentic relationship with you, and whether that is based on their values around kind of trust, integrity, uh, and what the brand wants to encapsulate. 
The other piece was around digital. So have they actually really delivered something that is relevant and individual to you as a consumer? And have they subtly used technology to reduce friction and really position themselves to respond much more quickly to, to individuals' needs? And the final one that we looked at was obviously experience, which for us was very much centered around becoming a seamless customer-centric organization, which actually reacted and adapted to the needs, but combined that with customer service, convenience, comfort, personalization, all the great things that you would expect of a typical retailer. And that's where we came to review. Yeah, and I, and I and I think just just to add to that as well, I think uh, obviously we were very we were very open and honest, but one thing we definitely weren't was kind of that sensationalist or overly critical. And I think somebody actually at the company described it as more of a Jay Rayner restaurant review. So yes, we were open and honest, but but hopefully if you read the report, it's, it's very evidence based in in where we do kind of get a bit critical or, or we get a bit honest, and we have really we spent time in those stores and we really tried to get familiar with the tech and and the customer service model on offer. So so anything where we've called out, we've made sure that you know that's very evidence based. And you know if a retailer was to pick this up and and pick up the phone, then then we continue to really give that honest opinion based on the evidence that we saw in the store which we which we really tried to bring out in the report that's great thank you very much so when you actually rocked up at each of these 31 stores which is still crazy for one day's visits i have to say when you actually rocked up how did you do it you walked in you walked in the door did you go in as customers did you go in and introduce yourself tell me tell me how you did that yeah so Mostly it was as, as customers. So we went to all stores together, but then what we did it once we went in the store is we, we divided and conquered just to make sure we saw every single element of the store. Sometimes the, the tech was a little bit hidden in a separate room. So we just wanted to make sure, um, that we caught everything. But yeah, we, we, we acted like customers, which I think was massive because one of the things we talk about in, in the report is customer service, which is, which is really an unsung hero in, in retail f- from my perspective. And, and we saw some really good examples and some, some more questionable ones there, but we wanted the staff to really think that we were customers. And actually in a couple of stores, we did make some purchases. So we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, and then, yeah, we, we kind of spent 10, 15 minutes doing that. And then, and then once we left, it was, it was voice memos. So for, for us, it was really important to get that initial reaction and our initial thoughts and opinions down. So you probably saw two crazy blokes walking down Fifth Avenue, talking into a phone, having just walked out of a store. Um, <laughs> but for us, that, that honesty and that initial reaction was really essential to get that into the report and engage that reaction very quickly. Yeah. Well, it probably looked like you're just on the phone. You probably got away with that, but I love <laughs> the idea. And it's a great tip, actually, a great tip. The voice memos immediately after you come out of doing some store visits, because it's very easy, you know, if you've got a notebook in your bag, whatever, to scroll stuff down, try and record notes on your phone. It's a bit lumpy and bumpy, and you don't really get that emotion that you get as soon as you walk out of the door. So if you, if you, the listener, are going to be doing some store visits, that is a great tip there that, Jake and David shared from from doing all of the New York visits, taking voice notes. Yeah, I think that's fair, actually. It's it's really making sure that you record your own emotional connection and reaction to what you experience. And I think we did that very, very well. I think the other piece as well uh, was that we weren't afraid to actually ask questions and engage with the store staff or the store associates. That's a really key, important one, because once they recognize that you're engaging with them and with their brand, the information and the insight that they share around their business model, the store itself, its trading patterns, what they believe is actually working well and what isn't, is hugely instructive and actually quite directional for us to go and look at as well. Uh, and I think the final kind of recommendation is do it in pairs. 
there is some great insight in the report that Jake spotted that I completely missed because I was head down in another part of the store. And it means that you've got two heads are better than one. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting. People always take different things, you know, from, from your own personal attitudes, you take different things away from a particular store visit. So that's another great tip. Thank you for, for sharing that gold, David. The only thing I was going to add to that, I think is, uh, and, and, and I'm not going to call out David, David's age here, but, um, as a, as a millennial myself, <laughs> I am a millennial, Jake, just from David's uh, discount retail background, I think that's massively important, right? So as a millennial, I look to make a connection with somebody in that store and I and I look to see what's really going to inspire me in there. David, from his discount retail background, is already looking at the merchandise and where that availability is, how, how clear the labeling and how clear the price points are. So people from two very different backgrounds and, and experiences, like you said, they spot two very different things. And I think that's that's massive. And so help me understand, when you were doing the scoring, you've got these different perspectives, different backgrounds as you say did you find yourself coming to an agreement on the scoring easily was there quite a bit of heated debate in the street as you're walking walking down i think generally on the whole we were very well aligned so the research that we put in prior to it i think was great and that it both got us to a level that we had a base expectation when we walked into to any of the stores Uh, i think because of the framework that we had and the kind of the the fact that we were looking at um, brand digital experience helped to frame it and focus us. But I think also within that scoring piece um, where we had scores from one to four, so one being lagging uh, through to four being kind of industry leader, it meant that we really quite objectively assessed our own opinions uh, and where it became a little bit more subjective or a little bit more heated. We reached a, a good compromise and I can't actually think of one store, and Jake, step in here if you can, where we were so fundamentally opposed to, to one another's views that we, we had to compromise. It was always very much a, is it a, a two or is it a three rather than I'm saying it's absolutely diabolical and Jake saying it's the best thing he's ever seen. Yeah, absolutely right. I think the, the point changes were, were minimal here and there, but generally I think going in with that idea of, of what you're assessing, I think, um, gives you the best idea and the best approach to go forward. And and yes, maybe some scores changed at the end when that benchmarking took place and actually something that we thought was great, actually, you know, that's everywhere. So maybe that nips down from a three to a two. That happened a little bit. But yeah, generally, I think we were, we were very much on the same page, which was, which was great. That's fantastic. Now, there is a ton of value in the report. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking that it sounds interesting, I do recommend you go and access it, go and download it, it's a free report and it's available at bjss.com slash stores. That's bjss.com slash stores. So as we get into it, and I don't want to go into every single store, but give me some of the highlights. Which which were your favourites, David? Which were you, which was your favourite store? So I always choose a little bit of a left field one, which is actually Rowing Blazers, which is a really new, quite stylish pop-up store uh, within New York. So it's very much kind of Henley Regatta, Jack Wills meets new york grime and, and urbanization but it for me it was really haphazardly merchandise which as a die in the wall kind of operator initially upset me but once you start to really step into the store and kind of understand the the segment that is going after the the styling the design and feel of it it really executed well on what its sole purpose was which was to serve a high-end uh, aspirational kind of ivy league class and i think the fact that it was quite cluttered quite preppy 
and uh, a little bit disjointed at times really played into that. And as I said, for me as an operator, I was initially, oh, this is not great. But the more that I discovered and the more that I immersed myself, and again, they had a sales associate there who was really willing to engage with us and actually share around their aspirations, their vision, and why it was like that. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, they had the Smiths on the soundtrack, which for me was a massive tick in the box. It just allowed you to kind of discover lazily their entire product range. Um, and yeah, whilst purchasing may not have been kind of the number one sole aim for them, it was around driving traffic and kind of bringing them into a bit more community feel and getting you to understand what they were selling as an experience, as a pop-up, as a, as a new place to come and shop. I thought they executed brilliantly well. Great. Jake, how about you? Yeah, so um, I think actually in the report, which is which is quite interesting, we uh, describe Rome Blazers as the clubhouse. And and actually, the one I'm going to pick is, is Adidas. And to use a bit of an American terminology, it, it was the locker room. So uh, controversially in our report, it, it actually beat the Nike House of Innovation, which is a bit of a head-to-head shootout there. But for for, for me and for us, the, the whole Adidas package is, is one that absolutely nailed the brand digital and experience elements. So the brand from, from when you walk in that, that concrete jungle, New York feel, it is throughout there. You feel like you're on the bleachers and, and, and playing the basketball that you see in all those New York films. And once you're in there, the, the products are really well merchandised. The, the trainers are on these kind of displays that make them, make them look like trophies. So you, you really start to see the, the value of the brand coming through. And the digital is there, but it, but it's not too in your face and it's quite subtle. So there's a 360 VR area, which allows you to, to see where your sneakers come from. There's a run genie, which provides kind of gait analysis for your, for your more eager runners. And then every single store associate is tasked with um, a bit of a, a bit of a tablet. So if you're browsing a trainer and, you, and there's a size that you, you'd like to try on, there's a quick tap of the button. And I think it was two, three minutes before that trainer was, was actually tried on and, and that was actually the place where I made a purchase as well. So they must have been doing something right for, for me. So yeah, a, a, re, a, a really good example of how you package brand design, uh, brand digital and experience in a way that, that really works for the consumer and, and, and makes you want to spend time there and, and eventually spend money as well. So yeah, top marks for Adidas. Good. That's good. And it's an interesting how you describe some of the digital solutions they've got there from VR, which is sort of this experiential retail thing through to something that's really quite unique having a an assessment of how you're running and then the convenience of being able to quickly tap and get your stock quickly so it's interesting to see that they're pulling on digital in several different directions so we are going to wrap it up there for the first part of this catch-up with david and jake and if you want to download their report, you can find the link on the show notes page, obandco.uk slash 27. So if you're new to the Retail Transformation Show, remember to hit subscribe right now, wherever you're listening, and you can come back for part two of this catch up with David and Jake. So until the next time, my friends, have a good week. Good week.